Thank you because we know that nothing can hold us bound. We know that you are here this morning. And we thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you're set to do in this house this morning. For in Jesus' name we've worshipped. I thought I would hear a much, much, much louder amen. Praise God. Please greet someone beside you today and then be seated in God's wonderful presence. Praise God. Pastor K sends his love this morning. Um, he's in a new season, so we all have to hold up the work. Praise God. Okay, so today's special, very, very special, uh, because finally, after we have celebrated two Mother's Days, because mothers are very special and unique, and because the world cannot deny it. In fact, it's three we've done. We've done British, we've done Arabian, we've done American Mother's Day. Finally, we decide that because the men are kind of a part of the process, because God has shown us that he can do with us what he did with Mary, but because he's a merciful God, and so that they will not feel bad. Today is Father's Day. So we are going to, I'm joking, no. If you go and try this at home, you go pay school fees. <laughs> the truth is that fathers are phenomenal. Without them, parenting would be so hard. So we're going to take a few minutes to ask all the fathers in the house to rise this morning because we want to honor you. If you are a father... I know this noise can be louder. Can the children just hold on for a minute? Can you please just hold on for a minute? Um, children, I'm going to give you time. Just give me a second. Um, today, we honor you for everything that you represent. Uh, and the reason why I say that we honor you for that is because... It is what's going on outside in the world is terrible. So for us to still have fathers, people that call themselves men, first of all, our sons have people they can look up to and want to be like. That is a big deal. So on behalf of everyone in Davis Christian Center, I want to say thank you for all that you represent. This morning, the children want to say thank you. So I'm sure that you can find your daddies all over the place. <laughs> Keep clapping, keep clapping, keep clapping, keep clapping, keep screaming, make them feel special, let them feel appreciated, help us thank them for school fees, thank them for chop money. They are fathers on this side of the room. The father on this side of the room.
Thank you, Preserve Generation. Now, before you sit down, um, I, just want to, I just want us to bless you in the house this morning. Um, what you do is absolutely appreciated. The fact that you stand by us, the fact that you, you do this, you go through the journey of life teaching our children, um, it's, it's a big deal. So this morning, I just want us to pray for all the fathers in the house um, using Genesis 18, 19. I'm reading the Berean Study Bible. It says, for I have chosen him. So fathers, you are chosen. Say, I am chosen. So you're not just a father because your, your wife is pregnant. You were chosen to be a father. It says, I have chosen him so that he will command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just in order that the Lord may bring upon you what he has promised. So we're going to pray for you this morning that God will continue to give you the wisdom and the strength to command your children in the way of the Lord. There's something about a child looking up to their father, seeing their father on his knees, seeing their father serving God, seeing their father coming to church. This is a new generation of men. There was a generation that would send the children to church with their wives. But look at you today. So we're going to bless you this morning. We're going to pray for more wisdom, more grace to raise your children and command them in the way of the Lord. I want us to just take one minute, wherever you're sitting, stretch your hands towards them and begin to pray. These ones will not fall along the way. If they will not drop the button. The button has been handed to them. They will not drop the button. The next generation will never look back in regret. Please make sure you're praying this morning. We declare that you will be men after God's heart. You will never have a need that will not be met in the name of Jesus. You will not lack any good thing in the name of Jesus. You will always have helpers. You will always have the right counsel. You will always hear God concerning the future of your children. You will not be too tired to do this assignment. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the fathers in this house and what they represent. Lord, we ask that you continue to give them wisdom to command their children in the ways of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray that they will be men after your heart so that they will do all your will in the name of Jesus. I pray that they will have enough in their hands to do the good that is in their heart for their families in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will not lack any good thing. You will not die an untimely death in the name of Jesus. And when it is time for you to begin to reap the fruit of your labor, you will not be missing in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, celebrate them one more time. Thank you, fathers. Thank you so much. Praise God. It's so beautiful to see fathers in the house. There was a time where you would go to church and you look to your right is women, look to your left is women, look behind you is women, look in front of his women. Only the pastor is a man. <laughs> Praise God. And that one probably because it's his job, he came to church. But today, we see that the narrative has changed, and I'm very grateful for that. To see men all over the place standing for God, serving God, 
and leaving a legacy for their children. Come on, celebrate them one more time. So in honor of you, fathers, today, I decided to change my message. And so the title of my message this morning is found in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Luke 18, verse 1. I thought you had given them my scriptures. Please change this to a version that says, and not faint. Thank you. Luke 18, verse 1. Can we read it together? One to go. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So this morning, my message is titled, Men Ought Always to Pray. Praise God. So men, I've praised you, I've pet you, I've prayed for you. So the one and I want to say, don't be angry. And women, if I say the one that favors you, supports me. Please, are there soldiers on, the, on standby outside so that I can be moved safely? Easy? Am I safe? Pastor Maka? Okay, thank you. I just want to be sure. Because I feel like seeing my husband again. So, this scripture, funny enough, I woke up with it. This was a scripture I woke up with this morning. Um, and this wasn't what I was supposed to preach, but I woke up with this scripture. And then I started thinking about it. It says that God, Jesus told them a parable. I'm not even going to read the parable, because that's not where I'm going with this. He said, he spoke the parable unto them to this end. There was a reason why he told them the story. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. And so when I was thinking about it, another scripture dropped in my heart. Proverbs 24, verse 10. We're going to read that scripture in a couple of versions. But we can start with King James. Proverbs 24, verse 10. Please, um, you guys have my scriptures. Projector, please be fast this morning. I don't have so much time. I like to keep to time. Okay. Proverbs 24, verse 10. King James Version says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Maybe because I'm speaking to men today, King James is, I just feel like it sounds very, you know, fathers. If thou, fathers, faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. And if, we, if you mix it with the other scripture that says that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then it comes here and it says that if you faint in the day of adversity, in the day of trouble, in the day of distress, in the day of stress, then your strength is small. And I'm wondering, when should somebody faint? Is it not when there's trouble, when it becomes intense? It says, but if you faint in the day of trouble, then your strength is small. Let's read in some other versions. Proverbs 20, um, 24 verse 10, the Passion Translation. Passion Translation says, if you faint when under pressure. No, think about it. If you faint when under pressure, then it says you have need of courage. Um, message translation says, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. So there was no substance, there was no depth, there was nothing inside you. And when I read the scripture, I realized that one of the reasons why we have a lot of weak men and a lot of weak fathers is because there wasn't much to them in the first place. 
when they were single, they were so focused on hustling and convincing a girl to marry them and trying to impress the girl that they forgot to build the thing that is necessary for you to actually now be a husband and a father. And today it's beautiful that we are celebrating Father's Day because some men are only fathers because they have given seed. I know that a lot of women struggled when I said fathers stand up, they struggled to sit down. Selah. I remember a certain year when we when we're doing when women worship. By the way, tonight is when women worship. If you miss it. Hmm. I came for Riasa yesterday. If you miss it. That's why I don't understand what you are doing this morning, Joy. Hey, if your voice goes this night, I'll finish you. You said to just come and worship God small, you were <laughs> If your voice go. <laughs> when women worship. Be here. You see, it's four thirty. Let me advise you. Be here at four. Did you hear me? Then, men, let me advise you. Just pretend as if you are parking car. You want to help us to save. Selah. <laughs> Maybe that should be the title of my message today. Selah. I don't forget to the talk now. Wait now, one by one. Thank you. So I remember one particular year when we did when we worship. And as when we worship, God always gives us a certain thing that we should pray for, a certain category of women that we should pray for. And that particular year, God had said we should pray for single mothers. And so I asked single moms to come out. And then as I was standing here, I was seeing married women. They come out. Ah. After service, one of them came to meet me. She said, you see, sir, no, come out. So I'll be single mother, that man, that man. And I'm telling you, a lot of women are going through that. A lot of women have men in the homes, but they are absent. Absent as husbands, absent as fathers. Absent in every way. And what you fail to understand is that women are adaptable. If you are missing, a, if you are missing, a woman will rise up and do what she needs to do. And then the sad part is that you'll now be saying she doesn't respect you. She can't respect you because respect is earned. Why is it that every time she will be resting Pastor Jethro? Pastor Jethro will call her. She will leave everything. I'm even talking to her. Leave everything. Because Pastor Jethro has earned her respect. Because when she calls him, he has a word from God for her. So when was the last time you went to the place of prayer to get a word from God for your wife? One of my friends was telling me how she was in labor. And she was in serious, in the peak of labor. So the serious contractions and everything. And she was in so much pain, in her case. And her husband was crying. She said, see, fast, fast. <laughs> she said she was, honestly, that she had never disrespected her husband, but he had been annoying her since. Do you understand? <laughs> she said she expected him to put his hand on her head and pray, blast tongues. Do you understand? The man was crying. Is that what we are saying? So even though we're celebrating fathers today, I think that it's important that somebody tells you some truth this morning. 
and I have donated myself on behalf of all the women in the world. You are learning the work. I've donated myself to tell you guys some hard truths. Number one, we want men that pray. We are not allergic to men that pray. The Bible says that if you faint in the day of adversity, that your strength is small. It means there was nothing there in the first place. As a single guy now, that you're not a father, now is the time to do the work. So you know the way they tell us that to be found, you have to first be a wife. To marry, you have to first be a husband. You have to first be someone who understands what the assignment is. You know, for women, I tell women that marriage is an assignment. For men, fatherhood is a function. It's not, oh, you just get somebody pregnant, and you see, that's mini-me. That's mini-me. That's my son. That's my son. Bring school fees, zero. Pray, fire. Nothing. You did not dare inside anyone. You didn't dare. Now they didn't dare. Now did they dare? No, now did they dare? They didn't dare. But you see, I love God because he doesn't just show you the problem and not give you the remedy. He says if you faint in the day of adversity, your scent is small. So how do you make sure you don't faint? Simple, very simple. It's the same scriptures. Isaiah 40 verse 31. Give me New King James. He says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. The reason why you faint in the first place is that you don't have strength. He says there was nothing to you in the first place. So if you want there to be something to you, what do you do? You wait on the Lord. And you see, the sad thing is we have somehow converted that word, wait, to mean fast. No, let me correct that. We have somehow converted that word to mean starvation. Because what a lot of us do is not real fasting. You keep your morning, afternoon, night food to eat at 6 p.m. That's not fasting. When they are doing pong, pong, pong in the kitchen, you pass a million times. When I keep my food on at 6 o'clock at the break. And you are passing the kitchen to make sure that nobody opens the microwave and mistakenly takes your food. That's not fasting. When you wait, it literally means to wait. Like a waiter in the restaurant. When a waiter comes to you, if you go to a restaurant, what, what does he do? He stands by you to take your order. And the only way he can get your order is if he listens attentively. How do you come out of a, a six-day fast? And this, what did God say to It was powerful. It was, ah, it was powerful. These six days have been powerful. Thank you, Mr. Powerful. You want to use power to go to wrestling or what? What did God say? You must come out of waiting on God to know what to do. You know, God said something about Acts 13, 22. God said something about David. He said, I have found a man after my heart. We stop there. Do you know that that's not where that scripture ends? He says, a man who will do everything I want him to do. A man who will do all my will. So how did he know to do God's will? He stayed waiting on God. What do you need? Sometimes God will even say, he will say, let me build you a house. Let me build you a house. See my palace. I can't be, see my mind, my mind no carry on. That I'm sleeping in this palace and you are in a tent. Let me build you a house. God say, ah, 
He said, for like me, you build me house, but your hand, there's blood on it. He said, okay, no problem. So who can build it? He said, your son will build it for me. No problem. I will leave everything that this boy will need to build. He won't even need to put anything. Everything needed. How much? They sent him budgets. He kept, do you understand? It's like me now saying, ah, this new property they're building, in a while, I feel like it should be too small. Oh, no, no, let me say the one that's really in my heart. I feel like Camp David needs a camp. And I go to God and say, God, I want to, I want to build them a camp. And he says, ah, you two, they quarrel. Two, they fight. I can't take your own. But me too, I know that Camp David needs camp. And he now says, okay, maybe Dasa. Dasa can build it. And I say, okay, no problem. Let me go and buy the land. Let me keep her the money. Then when Dasa turns 18, she will build the camp. Can you imagine that? So she, he collected budget. And you know how much things will be by that time if, if, if Israel was anything like Nigeria. <laughs> so whatever budget they give me now, to multiply it by 10 and keep the money down. That was what made him different. He kept asking, what do you want? What do you need? How can I help? What, where, can I, where do I come in? Can I come in? He kept asking. But we think waiting is starvation. The only way to renew your strength is to find out what God... You see, and that's the secret Jesus had. He only did what he saw his father do. If, if, if his father did not heal, he would not heal. Do you know that it is not everyone, every, it's not everywhere that Jesus did miracles? But do you know that Jesus had the ability to do miracles everywhere? There are some things. You see, that's why you are struggling. That's why you are struggling. There are some businesses your father is not doing. But you want to also because all your friends are doing it. Jesus only did, Jesus was so secure in himself. He didn't need to prove anything to anybody. Say they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Give me that scripture. Project of being the spirit now. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. So he says that when you wait on God, that fainting is not an option for you. It means that the strength that you receive from being in the presence of God. You know that if you spend time, I don't know about other people, but I have a personality that is kind of like a sponge. If I spend time with someone for a long time, which is why I'm very, very intentional about people around me. If I spend time with people for a long time, I start to have their mannerisms. I start to say things that they say. I start to act the way they act. There are times when I'm doing something, I'll be like, ah, this is Pastor Keo. This is what Pastor Keo will say. Or I say something, I'll say, hey, God, my mother just came out of my mouth. Like, I literally feel that way. So if you stay in the presence of God, you soak him up, there is no way you will not have strength. There is no way you will not have faith. There is no way you will not have courage. There is no way you will not have love. There is no way you will not make the right decisions. And fortunately or unfortunately for you, as men, your roles requires that you must make decisions. The Bible says that you have been called to be kings and priests. What does a king do? A king provides. He presides. And he protects. When you watch all those movies about all this ancient kingdom, because we are in a democracy, so we don't really understand kingdoms. But the kingdom of God operates like a kingdom. That's the reflection of kingdoms here, yeah, that's how the kingdom of God operates. Those days, if you had a strong king, you were protected. Those days, if you had a strong king, you were provided for. 
Those days, if you had a strong king, if you were confused about something, you would go to the king with the matter. He would make a decision. Honey, I don't know whether I should, I should go to work or I should do business. Ah, me, I don't know. Me, I don't know. Don't come as talking. And you say, why is she not respecting you? That's it. You are a king and a priest. What does a priest do? A priest is a spiritual covering, but he also sets the spiritual atmosphere. So you're supposed to be the one to wake your family up and say, let's pray. No. As your mommy prayed with you people today, as if there's a connection, if I, you know, Please, men, don't be angry, but I really want to say my mind this morning. I'm just, I'm just respecting you people because you are people's husband and future husband. So I'm respecting you people. I, the thing that's my heart to tell you is that some... Okay, I'm not supposed to say it. God, I'm respecting I will, No, I will say it gently. The truth is that some of you, eh, if it's based on you, your family should not be Christians. That's my mildest way I can say it. Because what I really wanted to say is that some of you don't have physical or spiritual sense. Do you understand? So see how I said it now. <laughs> no, I didn't. Some of you, your behavior is not allowing your children to want to serve God. Some of you, your sons think that to be a man means that you can't submit to anybody, even God. And what you are doing is you are creating problems for the future generation. Look at Abraham. God said to Abraham, I want your son. Abraham said, thank God. Yes, bring Ishmael. They said, no, 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 wait, wait. The one you love, that your son. And then he now said, Isaac. Because you won't lie now, say, no, it's Ishmael I really love. Say, Isaac. Take him upon this mountain and go and sacrifice him to me. He woke, he woke up early in the morning. Early was a man that was, if I don't even know why he wasn't described as a man after God's heart. Because early in the morning, he got up. The thing you have been waiting for all your life, the money you have been saving all your life, God said, bring it and give it to me. He woke up early in the morning, carried his child. His son followed him, carrying wood. He was carrying fire. They reached halfway. He said, servants, go back. I and the boy will go and worship the Lord and we will return. That must, be, that must have been Isaac's first encounter with Faith too. I and the boy, we will go and we will return. How will you? It's when you go to the book of Hebrews that you will see that Abraham knew that even if God had to raise this boy back to life, he will raise him back for me. He said, but make I get something I don't give God. It's not possible. He carried the boy and went with the boy. And they got to them as they were going. The boy said, Daddy. And they see fire. The papa said, mm. Daddy. And they see wood though. He said, mm. Daddy, where the goats? The daddy said, the Lord will provide. The boy, they go. The boy said, Daddy, where the lamb? He said, my son, the Lord will provide. The boy got there. His father did not sedate him. His father said, lie down. He lay down. His father tied his hand. He didn't fight. Tied his leg. He didn't fight. How many of us because I'm still asking, what did Abraham tell Isaac that made Isaac lie down there? His father carried knife. Isaac was lying down there. 
the boy was not crippled. He did not stand up and run. Because every human being has a natural instinct to preserve their life. So the first thing that boy would have done when he saw his father bringing rope to tie him, he go take off now. And he says, as if this man is now mad. I've been suspecting since, but now I'm sure. He lay down there. There's something his father must have been teaching him. Today, you can't even do your child like this without him saying, Mommy, did something enter your eye? <laughs> and guiding your children with your eyes is scriptural. He says, I will guide you with my eyes. If God can guide with your eyes, why can't we guide our children with eyes? Abraham trained his children. He set the spiritual atmosphere for that boy. Because it's not like Isaac, I don't know, I didn't see any outstanding thing Isaac did do. I think it was just the promise over his life. And you know some of us need to do enough for our children to just cruise for the rest of their lives. That God will just be looking at them and say, for your father I will bless you. Because of your mother I will bless you. I will bless you and bless you and bless you. The child said, go say, where's he now? Where's he happen? Isaac was cruising. The only time they even said anything major. Was that a dog well? Can't think of anything else like that boy really did like that. I don't see any, any major encounters with God. But he was cruising. He was so wealthy. He was so... And you see, God wanted to show that it's not, it's not just the money I blessed Abraham with. Or yeah, let there be famine. There was not... Everything went dry and then God still gave him. And even if we were fighting him, God still gave him. So what legacy are you living as a king and a priest? It's not just to come to church and be confessing it. I'm a king and a priest. Do you know why? I'm why you. Even you don't know who you are. Because if you know who you are, your family will not be the way it is. You will stop complaining about your wife and start praying for her. We are not allergic to men that pray. Every meeting, pray for your husband. Every meeting, pray for your husband. Una know they pray. Una forbid to pray. Every... Pastor Case, we, we, I, there's a book I released a couple of years ago, Praying for Your Husband. I have printed that book over and over again. When we go to meetings all over the world, it sells out. Before I do like this, it sells out. Pastor Case actually called me that this meeting he went for, that the book finished, Praying for Your Wife, Praying for Your Husband, sorry, finished, and that they had one copy, and people were fighting over it. I'll give you, it's, it's $20. I will give you $100. People were fighting to buy that book for $100. There was only one copy. Pray for your wife. <laughs> I brought it as proof that there's such a book because I know a lot of you don't even know. Pray for I don't know how to pray. Women, Sabi, pray. Thank you. Every work, all the work has been done for you. The scriptures have been written. Everything, the confessions, detailed. This, this is it. That's how the book will be there. When we are going, we are finished selling praying for your wife. We will carry it. Go to the next location. We will put it there again. In fact, we will hide praying for your wife and praying for your husband. We will hide it inside carton. So they will buy this and they will come. Um, do you not have praying for your husband? I said, come, come, auntie, come. I want to ask a question. This man that you might, he, he, is he allergic to prayer? I cannot pray for you. But you see, at some point, God now gave us wisdom. Because it, it, I'm sad to say it, but if women keep pray, waiting for the men to actually pray for them, they never get prayed for. Never. 
And you will see men even bragging about it. <laughs> My wife prays for me. I married a praying women, woman. I ma- in, in fact, I married a praying woman. <laughs> what about you? Men, my prayer for you today is that nobody will replace you at the feet of Jesus. And it's still the women that said amen. (laughs) Fatherhood is a function. It's an assignment. It's work as well. It's not just a woman that is brought into your life to just help, help, help. So your job as this priest and as the king over that family, how do you want to do it without praying? How do you want to do it without tapping into God's wisdom? How do you want to achieve that assignment? The book will be there, praying for your wife, zero. At some point I have to tell the women, do you know that it's not who prays the prayer points, it's who answers that matters. So as they don't pray for you, when you pray, by praying for your man, by praying for your wife, you open your own, pray for yourself. <laughs> he, who finds a good, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Favor is a very important commodity in the life of anybody. Yes, I'm anybody. The things that you get by labor are not compared to the things you get by favor. It's true. It's true. When you finish, you turn the page and pray for yourself. The prayer is there. You say it. I pray that I will be a wife that will be first partaker of the favor that I carry. That's the prayer point here. You are waiting for husband. Don't go and buy it. It is so every and it's consistent with everywhere I go. It, although I believe that in David's Center that will change the narrative. I believe that we will change the narrative. We will have men that pray for their families, men that set the spiritual tone for their family, men that will tell their wives, if you don't get ready, I will leave you. Not men who will allow their wives to go to church. Men will, if women will be doing great until they marry. They'll be working actively in, in departments. Next time I'll hear, my husband does not eat yesterday rice. So I have to stay in the morning. I have to cook. He doesn't eat yesterday soup. Who are you that you cannot eat yesterday soup? Who, who are you? Your mates are in the wilderness eating locusts and honey. Jesus was in the wilderness fasting 40 days and 40 nights. You cannot fast on Sunday. Are you joking? The Bible says that our children will answer the enemy at the gate. Man, I know verse, so I don't give them a present to children, don't clap, don't. But I will say my mind this morning. You cannot stand as a cover over your family. You cannot protect them both physically and spiritually. You go do one now. You are a king and a priest. It's not just to confess the scripture, it is a function. It's a function. So it's not only women that have an assignment in marriage. Men do. We are only called to help. God, no, let me bath first who cut soap for me. If you are the head of the home, take your role as the head. If you are a king, protect your family. Let your wife wake up to you praying in tongues in the morning. And say, I stand as a priest over this home. Satan, I say, thoughts for no man. You can't come here. You can't touch my wife. You can't have my children. Not, what are we eating this night? Every day, what are we eating? What are, what are we fasting? <laughs> Women, I give you permission at least once a week. When your husband says, what are we eating today? Say, what are we fasting, sir? <laughs> you don't 
wake up in the morning, never have you woken up in the morning to tell your wife, come, come, all of you gather, this is what the Lord said to me today. See, eh, that respect you are looking for. Your wife go, they lick under your legs, eh. If you they walk like she go say, sir, climb my back. How can you walk, sir? Let me carry you. I encompass you, I carry you, sir. This, sir, will be, you, if I, you, sir, you will you'll be confused. Uh-uh. You say, I don't know why, I don't know why my wife, every time my wife is always saying she's tired, she has a headache, she has a headache. She will have a headache. She will have a headache. She will be tired. Because what she's carrying is too much. Marriage is too heavy for one person to carry. Parenting is too hard for one person to do. Ask any woman now, when you wake up to pray, hearing tongues in your left ear, only you go tongue, kiss your husband. We see they talk. There's a way your husband would do, ha, your job is to be a king and a priest. And you cannot do that assignment without prayer. You can't. You must know what God is saying about your children. What God is saying about your wife. You are a husband. You are called to cultivate her. You are a husband man. The best thing you can do for your children is to love your wife. Because your children learn from you what they should accept from men. I ask men every time, this is your daughter. Oh, that is princess. Oh, that is baby boo-boo. Oh, that is did If your if person marry him the way they marry mama, you go like him. Because if I ask it in English, it's quite it's too refined. It doesn't quite hit the spot. <laughs> if the way you they marry this mama, if person marry marry your daughter like this, you go like him. Your daughters learn from you. That's why they are beating girls everywhere because they, after all, my father beat my mother and she stayed. The man will go beat me, they never born him. I did tell you now, I did tell me, I know. He has not yet been created because no weapon that can harm me has ever been created. And a man beating me is harm. You want to meet your maker. Both physically and spiritually. Because when I finish beating you, you will know that artists get try. <laughs> and I will give you a mark that you will remember that you bear the mark of Mildred. Let no man trouble her ever again. It's because they are beating you and you are dodging. Then when I stand up from there, I will enter into my prayer closet. And I will call for thunder from on high. And all your prayers will be hindered because it's scriptural. That you are not dealing with me with understanding. I think that we have spoiled the men too much. They will call men's prayer meeting, you will not come out. Women will still join on Zoom to pray for you. What did do you? Are you invalid? Then if they say, man, come out, you come out. If we ever do a men's meeting in this church again, ever, and the place is not, as in we don't have people on the express, Pastor Jethro, eh? <laughs> I will gather the women. Hmm? Let me not tell you what I'll do. Let's just leave it. Let's leave it. <laughs> Pray, number one, <laughs> pray for your wives. I hear too many men complain about their wife. My wife doesn't pray for your wife. The same way, wait till we want to complain, but we go to the place of prayer. Because if any wife comes to me, she knows my answer. Go and pray. Because you saw him and you chose him. You said I do, so you have to do. Now, the sad part is that we have preached that if it's only women that should be doing. Men too, you are called to do. So if your wife is frustrating you, the only thing God says to do is to love her. 
Women respond to love. Men respond to respect. So your wife is not respecting you. You love her, she will respect you. The reason why she doesn't respect you, she doesn't feel loved. So pray for your wife. See, the book is out there. I'm not selling book, but for your own good. Women, if you like, don't go and buy it for yourself and be praying for yourself. Go and finish praying for your wife. And, and I've run out again. I'm not printing. I'm not printing again. Until you will buy this one, pray for yourself. This, this way for you. Pray for your wife. Pray for your children. He said, Abraham will command his children. These days, I, you know what I love? See, there are some things I like in James, you know, when God is speaking to men, I like it. He will command his children in the ways of the Lord. He will command his children. Not he will have conversations with them about whether they should serve the Lord and come to church on Sunday. Maybe just perhaps if they have some time, peradventure, in case maybe should he... Come on, we're dressed up and get into the car. He will command his children. That's what's bringing this madness. That people think they're broccoli and carrots. Any gender they like, they wake up in the morning and be it. And you know you want to jackpot. You, you have not conditioned your children. So this morning, my call to you, men, is that you should take your role as king and priest over your home. The reason why you can't provide for your family is because you are not praying. You're not praying. James 4 says that you don't have because you don't ask. And when you even ask, you ask and miss because you want to use it on your own selfish lust. It's never about what God is doing. I challenge you this morning, men. Take your place. Take your place. Let your voice be the loudest voice we hear when there's prayer. Let your voice be the loudest voice over your family. Stand as a priest. How can you be there and Satan is dealing with your... Every day you are in the hospital. And you have not said what? What? Enough is enough. <laughs> My sister was just me yesterday about... I think her children were four and two. And they were both ill. I should be going to the hospital and everyone. She, she just parked her car. Turned and started shouting. You cannot be sick. We, are, we don't fall sick in this family. Do you hear me? The word of God. She said she stopped and started shouting at them. Four and two. Yes. She said she was speaking to their spirits. Since then, she doesn't know hospital. Now, have you gone to hospital since then? You, you are saying, this house, people are stressing me. How much is my salary? How much is my salary? How much is my salary? Your salary will finish because you don't want to use face. You want to spend money. So I challenge you this morning as we pray. Because men, we will pray. Oh, it's just I want to go pray. Time, if like, time like make it up, we go pray. You will pray for your children. You will pray for your wives. In fact, I'm going to come down and a man will come up here and lead you people. You will pray for us. Wait till we will stand. When I collect gifts today, we go collect prayer. Women, am I right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And for those of you that are not married, you start to speak into your future. Words are spirits. Jesus said the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Those words will go and wait for your wife and your children in the future. So this morning, men, you are going to stand up and you're going to take your role as king and as priest. You will protect, you will preside, and you will provide. You will provide both physically and spiritually. Do you hear me this morning? Men, do you hear me this morning? So do we have kings in the house? Do we have priests in the house? Now, women voice, I said, yeah. Now, subscribe men we get for, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Do we have kings in the house? Do we have priests in the house? Then rise on your feet this morning and let's pray. You're going to take your place in this house. Enough is enough. We can't have men on guard and Satan can do anything he wants to do. We can't have men here and Satan will do whatever he likes. We can't have men here. Where's Femi? I, I, I expected you to start running towards this place. Did your spirit not tell you you're going to lead them in prayer? Who is joking with you this morning? We will not be sick. We will not be overworked. Our children will not miss it in life. Our children will not miss it because we have men in the house. Are there men this morning? Ah. Are there men this morning? Ladies, please take your seat. Satabah, Kashi Gurus.